this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Greetings and salutations, Hard Rock Lunchbox and members of the Top 20. How is everybody doing? We are, we are broadcasting live from the middle of an air quality alert area just outside New York City. My daughter was tracking the air quality yesterday. Turns out that it was absolutely worse than Mumbai and uh, and Delhi in India. So, good job, everybody. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I mean, listen, Canada's allowed to have forest fires if they want. It's not really, it's not really something exclusively Californian. But what are you gonna do? Like, I, I don't know, Pete. <laughs> I feel like I've been having this conversation for so long. Like, it's a good thing that climate change isn't real, right? Like, because otherwise we'd be having like forest fires, really weird weather, all kinds of stuff like that. Like, it's it's so shocking sometimes to just kind of like when you take stock of your surroundings. Like, I honestly, this this, this might be a question that doesn't actually um, land well with the audience, and that's fine. I don't know where everybody falls on their own particular spectrum, and I don't mean like the spectrum. I'm just like I'm not sure where everybody falls, in, you know, in terms of like understanding how the world works. I've had a lot of realizations over the past decade about things like that, and I I don't know how if this is going to apply to everybody, but like, have you ever been like in a room or a conversation or in a group or whatever, and you just kind of like guess you realize that you're the only one that's understanding what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I was watching, I was watching one of my favorite SpongeBob episodes last night. Um, it's called Big Pink Loser, if you're a fan of the, the, the SpongeBob's. And I was watching it because Charlotte said she had never seen it. And I was like, nah, it's not true. She's definitely seen it. Like, but it's, she might have just been, you know, a squish or whatever when she watched it. So I made her watch. First of all, I completely forgot that that's where the opening to the show comes from. I forgot it was that episode. Um, but there's a part in it where Patrick, uh, this, I don't want to throw any spoilers, but I mean, I think it's like, it might be 23 years old at this point. So, um, there's a, there's a point where Patrick's working at the Krusty Krab, trying to, well, he's trying to win an award, which obviously you go to the Krusty Krab, but he's, uh, SpongeBob sends him to sweep the restaurant, and of course Patrick is sweeping upside down, so, you know, the room, the sweep part is at the top, and the stick part, anyway, so he's sweeping with the stick, basically, and, it, and this fish just walks up to him, just is like, you know, hey, pal, <laughs> You just blowing from stupid town, and I have got to tell you, I think that the population of stupid town has grown exponentially because 
I keep running into residents from that place all goddamn time. So, I don't know if it's particular outreach and they're just like sending their camp kids out to wherever I am, but man, I am definitely interacting with uh, stupid townians all the goddamn time and it's just, it's just beyond ridiculous and like it's no, like, it's not even really a surprise at this point. I, I will say I did, I did get surprised by one thing as I was... I'm desperately trying to do better at promoting the show that we've got next Friday. So I went on to just share the um, flyer again for Mr. Beery's next Friday night. And just my, my entire feed was, I guess, I mean, unless they were being sarcastic or ironic, like just uh, my entire feed was people like complaining about wearing masks. And it's like, what what conversation are we even having anymore? And I, I think I had commented on, um, uh, AJ had made a post. I think, I think he was kidding. I hope he was kidding. I honestly don't know. Um, but I was like, I am so not interested in saving. I wasn't interested in saving people before. Like, to, truth be told, like, I was not pro-mask to save anyone's life. Like, I am, I think I've been on record for years saying that we have enough people. I think we're done. Certainly here in the Northeast, in the New York City area, I think there were way too many people. And I think that we really need to stop duplicating and replicating and having so many kids. Like, I think, you know, as, as, as ridiculous of a plan as it was for China to limit people, you know, to have one kid, I think it's something we should seriously consider. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to take anything away from anybody else, but like... I would also throw an IQ test up on that before we start actually allowing people to have kids. That's just me, and it's probably not why I'm not going to be in charge anytime soon. But I, I cannot believe that people are, like, complaining that there have been recommendations to wear masks. Like, dude, don't wear them. Like, please don't wear them. Like, if, if you have such... An opposition to this, like, don't. Like, don't at all. Like, I understand that everything these days is due to an abundance of caution. Like, I get that. Like, that's fine. But also, like, a lot of the reasons we need this abundance of caution is because people are so ill-equipped to deal with the actual world because we've sheltered them, we've genetically made them deficient, you know, the medicines that kids are on and people are on lower their immune system and, you know, all, and I don't want to throw asthmatics under the bus, but the simple fact that we're growing asthmatics at an exponential rate should speak to something besides, oops, that's just sort of too bad. Like, that's not just too bad. There's a reason there are so many more asthmatics. And if you kind of look around and think about why kids have so much asthma, you might learn something like I know I have and it's not it's not on me to speak to because honestly I don't care that much about the subject but the reason we have to be careful with so many things like that is because there are so many people like that and it's it's a good thing for the schools to offer advisories like maybe they sh- maybe they should cancel outdoor activities I don't know how many of my listeners are in the northeast or in the New York City area but it looked like the dust bowl yesterday outside, and it really shouldn't because, A, it's not the 20s, it's not the Southwest, and, dude, those colors really don't exist outside of a good Instagram filter. Like, that's that's what our air was yesterday. And if you don't want to wear a mask, man, please don't. 
Like, the quicker you are off the table, the better. But at the very least, I don't want to hear you complaining. Like, I just want to be sure that you're not complaining about it. Because I, personally, have had just about enough of all that, that complaining. So, like, make, make no mistake. Like, I, I am not interested in saving anybody's life that doesn't want to be saved. Like, I'm not. You don't want to wear a mask. You want to go get COVID. Like... You want to go get herpes? Like, go do it, man. Like, have all the fun you want to do. Like, I am I am not interested. The only reason I was down for people wearing masks is I thought we would get our businesses open sooner. And it turns out that I was correct. And I know everybody is shocked at the fact that, like, I pointed out something super common and super, like, obvious and easy to know. And anybody with an IQ over a, you know, bookmark should be able to figure that out. But, yeah, there's plenty of people that just can't figure that out because they're not as smart as your average piece of crumpled up trash on the ground. And that's, you know, that's how they're going to roll. Like, you can't oppress me. You can't oppress me and make me wear a mask. However, however, remember, if you're a woman in Florida, a 12-year-old girl in Florida can now no longer see a drag show but can be forced to bear a child to term because we're not oppressing you. It seems like I'm in a bad mood. It's because I am. I will try and snap out of it by the end of the top 20, but I think we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, so we could just get to some light housekeeping. That'd be great. The brand new top 20 uh, episode is out. Um, I do talk about T-Ball. Um, I did mention to Noodle that uh, I may or may not have uh, discussed uh, his kid's T-Ball on the show and also let him know that people were now super interested in watching him watch T-Ball, which I thought was very interesting and completely caught me off guard. Um, I'm sure there was some other stuff. Uh, look at these notes. Uh, I talk about trying to be a good person and all that other stuff. And I want to rescind all that. Like, don't be a good person anymore. Just forget it. Just, just do your job. Try and do your job. And let's see how far that takes. Let's just go and do that. Um, Haunter returns. Uh, they were back on. Uh, Haunter was back on. Bacon is my podcast on Monday. Go ahead and check that out. They're doing more uh, tonight on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Bacon is my POD. Uh, they got Luke from Happy Days tomorrow. There's seven questions, so be sure and check all that out. Uh, Stranger, there's an Ashes guitar solo and playthrough. Guitar solo discussion and playthrough. So give that a look. Um, there is tons of stuff uh, going on in Rebel 9. I, however, have not done any of it at all. And everything Rebel 9 related that is taking longer than it should uh, on the public front is completely my fault. Everything on the internal side is everybody else's fault but mine. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. But I've got to hit the stick on that, those things. I'm supposed to be releasing lyric videos for both Easy and Blue sometime this Actually, sometime last month, and I didn't do that. Shocker, I know. Um, the lyric video for Blue, honestly, isn't very good, or it's not as good as I would have liked it. The video, the lyric video for Easy is way better. Also, the record is three years old, so I feel incredibly unmotivated, unmotivated to do it. But I do have um, the release. I do have to release Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap because that video is very good. Uh, it is all live footage from our last show at Mulcahy's, and most of the people that come see us locally are actually in the video, which is pretty cool, too. 
Um, I don't like the fact that it's like one of my fattest moments up on stage, but I'm seriously reaching the point very quickly where I just don't give a shit anymore. And that's just going to be the way it's going to be because I can't, I cannot keep fighting all these fights. Like I can't win any of them if I'm fighting all of them. So I'm just, I just don't care. So that'll be... That'll be coming out soon. I am trying to get uh, our first single in three years out uh, before our August show, like the last week of July. But I will tell you, because I haven't been able to find the time to sit and pull the artwork or create artwork or find artwork or do any of those things, I may not I may not get it released in, ter- in time for the August show, which to me is just... It's beyond pathetic. It's, it's beyond pathetic and... I have no excuse other than I seriously don't have the energy or the resources anymore. I am so worn out by just trying to stay alive at this point that I don't have the resources to throw at all these other projects. And by all these other projects, I mean like this one other project. Like I finished the recording, Kajiana did the mixing and mastering, it's done. The song's done. Like I just have to release it. But you can't really release it without artwork unless I feel like just throwing a Rebel 9 stamp on there and calling it a day. But I feel like it just does such a disservice to all the effort that we've done to put in, that we put in to actually create this song. Not to mention the song that I basically just plucked out of thin air and created for the human race to listen to and enjoy. I think it deserves some artwork on the record. Not a record. Like, I think it just does. You know, my heart out. In order to get that uh, to get that released, I believe is next week. So if I don't have artwork by next week, I might just have to do that and just throw out some blank white album looking or, or Metallica's black album looking cover for Side Out, which sucks. But if I can't get it done, I can't get it done. And believe me, I am getting no help at all from the band or anywhere else for that matter. Just there's no help coming, and. It's just, it is just the way that it is. And, you know, I'm trying to focus on getting these shows, getting through this show. I can't seem to get a full band practice either. Like, and that's not on anybody, like, in particular, just the, 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 the structure of the way things are working these days. Like, I can't, can't get it to happen. Like, I was seriously considering canceling uh, band practice tonight because there's an air quality problem. And it might not seem like that big of a deal to, to, normal people like we'll be inside and all that other stuff but like we're not exactly in the nicest place like we just we just aren't and you know on tuesday we were rehearsing and i was having trouble getting through one set now i have trouble singing through one set live because i do so much talking and i get amped up and i get excited but when i'm at rehearsal i never ever 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 have trouble singing a set ever And I couldn't figure it out until I was driving home and I was realizing, like, oh, yeah, people were talking about, like, air quality and particulates. And that was Tuesday. We didn't even have any warnings or alerts or anything like that. It was just something that was. Like, we have an air quality alert emergency today. Like, I have no idea if it's going to be something I can sing through or not. I I have no idea. But I'm probably going to have to go to practice because if everybody else is going to practice, it's like one of our last practices before this show at Beery's. Like, we haven't had a full band practice on the set that we're doing. Like, it's... Like, it's that simple. We haven't had a full band practice of the set that we are performing next Friday. And, you know, at this point, Revel 9 is probably good enough that we don't actually need to do that. And it's not honestly that 
make or break of a show. I mean, beer is definitely more for fun than anything else. Uh, we're going to have a great time, and I hope people come out. But, and, but it's a super forgiving environment. Like, we're playing last. Everybody's going to be, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people will be drinking by that time. So, you know, the difference between an F and F sharp kind of goes, like, out the window pretty quick. So it's not that big of a deal. But for me personally, to go on stage and know that the band is not prepared would just signal a real a real change in occurrence and events for me as a musician. And I'm pretty sure that once that happens, the end is very close. And that'll be it for me for live music. Because it just, if it becomes not worth doing and all I'm throwing up there is garbage, then I think I'd rather just not do it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Just frustrated as fuck trying to get anything and everything done. Uh, but I am absolutely doing my best and I just I just I have so much to complain about honestly and I just I, I feel like I keep coming in here every week and it's just like if, if it didn't happen like within the past couple of hours like I, it doesn't even make it onto the show because there's just so much stuff going wrong like the simple fact that I'm basically just trying to stay alive and it's becoming harder and harder to do so is just ridiculous like and I'll give you a perfect example like I finally had to go for an MRI for uh, for the um, for my neck, a cervical M- uh, MRI, because I think I mentioned this on the show, but like it's been about eight weeks now where I have a pinched nerve in my neck. We're almost positive, uh, and by we, I mean me and my chiropractor, um, and it radiates out down my arm, and my index finger uh, has been numb slash pins and needles for eight weeks which makes it incredibly difficult to play guitar. I haven't been able to write anything because it's too painful. Uh, <clears throat> and in fact, I had gone down to the studio to try and work on some stuff just as this started. And it was the first time in my life that I actually couldn't play something that I was trying to play. I had the physical limitations of me being able to play guitar stopped me from being able to write new music, which that's bad. That's bad for me, like psychologically. That's bad for me, like professionally, all that other stuff. But. So I have this, you know, possibly career-ending sort of situation that I've been battling for like eight weeks, and we haven't been able to make it better. So we finally try and get an MRI, and I've been fighting with the insurance company for four of those weeks trying to get it. So I finally get a doctor that issues me the MRI, and I, <coughs> I go for the MRI, and that is its own mess. And I'll probably talk about that at another time when I uh, when I have more time because it involved two different appointments. And some hella crazy claustrophobia and <coughs> excuse me, air quality in the Hard Rock Lunchbox studio is not great today. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff went down with that MRI, but I finally got the report back and I got the information. And did I got some serious compression going on in my neck? There seems to be some significant damage. Um, my chiropractor was a lot calmer about it than I was. He was like, that's cool. He's like, everyone's got like some level of degeneration at my extreme advanced age. And that is not uncommon. It's not unworkable. But, you know, it's going to take a lot to sort of release that. And he was saying, like, you know, I'd like to see you two times a week in here. And I told him, like, dude, I don't have the time or money to come in here two times a week. Like, chiropractic care is not covered by my insurance company, like Blue Cross and Blue Shield and stuff like that, which is my current insurance. They don't cover chiropractic care, so I don't have $5 billion to go get the care that I need, but also don't have the time to do it. Like, the, these, every appointment takes time. And on a day like, you know, in a week like this, like, I have an appointment, like, it feels like every single day except for today. I don't have an appointment. But... You know, it's just like I can't even get the help that I want. And the best part is I heard from the doctor today that it should be MRI. And they call 
called him back, and I'm like, all right, so he wants me to go see a neurologist. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Actually, they, they were like, we need the number, the fax number of your neurologist. And I'm like, dude, I don't have a neurologist. Like, how old do you think I am? Like, I don't have a neurologist. They're like, oh, well, you know, do you want us to send you a list? And I was like, sure, send me a list of neurologists you like. Like, do that. And now I have an appointment to go see this doctor for a follow up tomorrow, basically to go over the MRI, which I think they just did. So I'm like, hey, since you just told me all that information, should I just like cancel my appointment tomorrow? And she actually says, she's like, let me ask the doctor and comes back in two minutes. And she's like, she's like, no, actually, because it, it's going to take like several months for you to get to see a neurologist. You might as well just come in. Now, there's so much shit wrong with that. Like, it's going to take several months to get in to see a neurologist, which is bananas anyway. And then you might as well just come in like, dude, I work for a living. Like, you might as well. This is not like, well, I might as well put half and half in my coffee instead of milk today. Like, this is like drive an, uh, like a half hour wait for a half hour, have an appointment, all probably all of three or four minutes, honestly, then wait for that information, drive a half hour. Like, dude, I work for a living. I don't have time to sit in your office just so you can build my insurance company for to, and to tell me something you just had a nurse practitioner tell me. Like, that's fine. I can work within the system, but don't, don't, don't be a dick and like waste my life and my time telling me you can't help me. Like if you can't, if you're, if you can't help somebody and you can't tell them over the phone that you can't help them, you're in no business being in healthcare or helping people. Like you, now you're just wasting time being a pain in the ass and basically part of the problem. And can I point out with all of the bullshit that I just said was going on, I am so happy that we don't have single payer healthcare because oh my god, I might have to wait two months for healthcare if I was in Canada. Guess what, dipshits? I'm in America. I'm American as fuck. And now I have to wait several months, maybe even three months in America to see a neurologist for something that's causing me pain every minute of every hour of every day. So I just want to thank every single person that can hear me and the sound of my voice that didn't think that single-payer universal health care was a good idea. Fuck you. You are the problem and you are ruining my life and I hate you very, very much. Now, everybody else that's listening to me, I think we're probably on the same page. We seem to be pretty aligned on most ideals and I just... I just got to say, man, it is so important to, like, take care of yourself, not so much so that you stay healthy, but so that you get to stay out of the machinery and the apparatus that is modern medicine. It is just so painful, and it is so hard to deal with, and it is literally killing me. Not the illnesses, not any problems that I'm having, the bureaucracy and the bullshit of trying to deal with it. It's literally killing me slowly. Look at me. Look at me. Look at the way I look right now. I am 24 years old, man, and I look way older than that. So I may not actually be 24 years old, but I certainly don't feel it. I don't even feel 48. I don't even feel 672. Like, what is 24 times? We get 24 times 4. I feel 96 years old, basically. And I've got to tell you, my Segway game may still be on point, because it is, but there really is absolutely no help coming. There is no help on the way, no matter what Rise Against is. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, still really digging the new Matchbox 20 stuff. It feels like they just picked up right where they left off, and I personally am fine with it. Now, truth be told, 
I honestly don't know how much Joan Jett and the Blackhearts I'd be listening to on the regular if our very own Annie Stoic wasn't basically, you know, I mean, like, not the crew, but like a major player in the Joan Jett crew and, and the Joan Jett organization. Like, like, I think that's, I think it's fair to say that I definitely listen to Joan Jett way more because of Annie than because of Joan. And that is not to say that I didn't grow up listening to Joan Jett. I find her to be inspirational and hella, like, it's so goddamn great that she existed. You know what I mean? Like, for music and for people and for women and all that other stuff. Like, just totally awesome, like, as a person. But the simple fact that she's now, or still, putting out new music, like, first of all, blew me away. Like, I had no idea. I figured she was just, like, kind of a legacy act. But nope. Absolutely still putting out new music. Which is, like, god damn it, man. Like, awesome. Like, awesome with awesome sauce on it. Like, good for you. But that it hit my release radar, and I listened to it this week. And not only was it brand new Joan Jett and the Blackhearts music, but it was really good and really catchy and was just like yeah man A plus hard rock lunch box gotta tell you man I am really digging that new song from Queens of the Stone Age there's something about it that just like really really good (laughs) like and I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is I like about it, like, specifically. And I think that that's starting to say to me that, like, I like multiple things about it. And that's why I can't put my finger on anything specific. It's just, it's so all over, and it's so catchy, and it's, I feel like very much like how it was when I, when I first heard the song Race from Pathmaker. And it wasn't, like, my favorite right away, but there was something in it, and it took me, like, a few more listens to really kind of get it. And I don't know that that's a good thing to have for a song, like, in this day and age with everybody's short-ass attention span, but, like, I think in the long haul, it's the way to do things. I was I was saying recently, uh, somebody had asked me, like, how, uh, you know, how things were going, like, were we putting out any new music, and I was saying that I think that Side Out, I think Side Out might be the best song I've ever done, um... But then as I thought about it, I was like, that's probably not true in terms of, like, content and, like, real connection. I mean, it's still, like, like it's going to shock nobody, like, that I wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's definitely one of those songs. But there's the thing inside out that makes it special or different is the fact that it has, in my opinion, such a monster groove on it. Like, it's just... You ever, like, listen to a song, whether you like it or not, and you find, like, your head just kind of bopping along to it? Like, Side Out has that. And it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't designed for it. But it was definitely... It was definitely, like, I wanted that aggression, that energy. Like, kind of like two animals, like, circling each other before they fight. Like, that's what Side Out is. And it was just, you know, kind of kind of nailed it, I think, in the songwriting process. And then... I think Dave captured absolutely everything we needed to capture about it and then added a few sprinkles of his own. So, like, I'll be super psyched to, to play that for you come the end of July because it came out really, really good. Um, but there was... I was going to say something. And 
of the life of me, I don't remember it was. So I'm just going to play some music. I wanted to hear some Shreddy Krueger. It just popped in my head this morning. It's been a very long time since I played any of it. So if you've never heard Shreddy Krueger before, don't worry. I got you covered. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I do want to take a quick minute here on the Hard Rock Lunch Box and just wish a very fond and positive good riddance to Pat Robinson, one of the worst human beings that has ever lived on the planet, in my opinion. Goodbye. Good riddance. Enjoy your time in damnation, you giant piece of crap. You know what's not a piece of crap? Brand new music from Extreme, by the way. In fact, this song is so catchy, I actually sent it to Jimmy last night asking him if indeed this was a Craving Strange chorus. He says it isn't, but I think he's wrong. And honestly, what does Jimmy know? Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now, the best part about that song is, yes, you guessed correctly, uh, only Melissa could send in something as ridiculous as that. But she actually ex- exercised what I would consider, ex- like, Above and beyond consideration for you, the listeners of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, because she said, if indeed that song wasn't long enough, which at a minute 33 was honestly a minute 32, too long in my opinion. But if it was not long enough for the Hard Rock Lunchbox listeners, she sent in another one. Now, for whatever it's worth, the other one that she sent in is just a great song, but I... I don't think it qualifies as as a musical moment honestly i think it qualifies as just a great song it's 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 hella stupid uh but that that does not disqualify it from the hard rock lunchbox now does it hard rock lunch box you know so uh, I don't know if anybody's been following what's been going on uh, in national politics lately. It's it's actually pretty interesting. Like as a student or a, like a student of civics, right? Or anyone that's that finds this stuff. Like what's happening in Congress right now is actually just bananas. Like I'm not saying stop what you're doing and check it out, but it's like they passed the debt ceiling bill, which is fine. Like it's silly that we're fighting about this stuff, and it's like. If you just stop fighting for half a second, you can kind of see, like, both sides. And responsible adults could find a way out of this. And I think that that's what happened. And I don't know this for sure, but it feels like the first time in a very long time that the center of Congress won. Because they just... I feel like they had it with the children, and the adults in the room actually did something. And I forget who it was. It was some Republican... Uh, congressman who was just saying like in divided government he was saying something that makes sense right like in divided government you cannot possibly expect to get everything you want it's not the way it works and he's so right right like you have two sides that are like super opposed like the republicans right now like we want to we don't want to spend anymore we don't want to invest anymore uh, like we don't we don't want to we don't want to borrow anymore so let's cut the spending and the, and the Dems are like, listen, the spending is the thing that's keeping us afloat and kept us out of... Like, remember, everybody's been calling for a recession and maybe depression. Has that happened? Or has there just been some inflation? Has anyone seen a recession? 
Right. You know why that is? Because Biden's administration dumped so much money. Now, I have a problem with how much they dumped in and how they did it without kind of backing it up. But, like, that's not exactly the, the fight we need to have. But the reason we're not in a recession or a depression is because of that. Like, their their plan worked. And why nobody is talking about that is beyond me. Like, so whether you like it or not, it the plan worked. And that's a good thing. And they're like, okay, well, to fund all this stuff, why don't we just tax billionaires? And Republicans are like, absolutely not. We can't tax billionaires. Those are the people that pay for our hookers. Now, I think Democrats get hookers, too. But the Republicans seem to get a lot more of them because they're the ones that are really defending it. So so they passed the debt ceiling. And then what happened in the House afterwards is that the right, the far right, the extreme that had just been basically shut out of that debt ceiling negotiation are causing all kinds of chaos. They're not letting anything happen because they're mad. They're mad because they didn't get their way. You know who else does that? Children. And you know what happens to those children? They get their asses spanked. That's exactly what needs to happen. And seriously, if those are your representatives, like, dude, stop. Stop making the country worse. Like, I am definitely not all for make America great again, but I'm definitely all for stop making America shit. And those are the people that are doing it. The extremes on both sides. They really need to stop. Because this is when things work. When we start ignoring the children on the, on the sides, on the fringes, the ones having their temper tantrums. Just ignore them or do what my parents did and beat them. I am all for it. Like, send them a message. Censure them, remove them, all that other stuff. If they can't play nice, everybody gets a timeout. How about everybody gets a timeout instead of everybody gets a trophy for us? But I'm also down with beating on the sticks. I think that's good. But what's going on in the national politics for the... 2024 race, I think, is interesting watching the Republican primary unfold. By the way, Donald Trump, who has several indictments pending against him, is still the front runner, which tells you everything you need to know about the average Republican voter in this country, right? They don't care if he's a criminal. They just like him. It's the same thing I've been telling you for five, six, seven years. They just like him. They like him because it's the same piece of crap that they are. These are the people that, like, hate minorities, hate uppity women. I mean, we all kind of hate uppity women. I'm kidding, kidding. Hate all that. But they want it back to when they were safe and, like, white men's white men's rule was, like, you know, it was un, unimpeachable. And that's what they want to go back to. And it's understandable, and as in you can understand it. But it's also very backwards and old and outdated, and it's not what people want except this very loud bunch of Republicans. And they are keeping Donald Trump as the front runner for, front runner for the nominee. And I will say, what, what happened this week that I found to be the most interesting is that Chris Christie entered the race again. And Chris Christie, who I'm not super fond of, but I'm also not super opposed to, is now my, my, my personal favorite for the person running for, for the presidency, including Joe Biden, because... There's just been a couple of things in the Biden administration that I don't particularly like, and I think Chris Christie could actually do a better job in a few things in terms of aligning people and centralizing people and really just sort of getting some stuff done. But the best thing is that he just wants to take out Donald Trump. And honestly, if he has to get my vote to do that, he might just get my vote to do that. And this political moment has been brought to you by really, really old music that I have no idea why I wanted to hear. But I'm feeling kind of bad today, so I just feel like dealing in some 
comfort food slash comfort music. So take a trip back with me to, I don't even know, 1971. I have no idea how old this song is, but I used to love it. And, uh, you know, I think I deserve four minutes and 37 seconds of your time. Unless I dip out early, which is always possible. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I may or may not be playing too much Bullet for my Valentine lately, but hey, man, they just keep putting out new songs. They did a duet or a collab, at least, with Pendulum, so uh, that's what's up next. It's Halo on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. You got to turn your microphone on if you're going to run a radio show. You'd think I would know that by now, but you'd be wrong. I was actually just commenting, uh, the, uh, the reason I picked that song, uh, to play, it's called, uh, Annihilation, and it's from the band Margarita Witch Cult, which, how do you not like that? <laughs> My bad. Very unprofessional of me, but, you know me, I'm trying to ignore the chat. It's really hard. So, uh, the band Sundressed, which we play here all the time, or play here, have for years played here at the Vox. They were recently on um, Bacon is My Podcast as an interview. I would recommend checking that out if you get a chance. And one of the things I've always kind of liked is their kind of like his wordsmith play nature. I mean, he's not quite Eminem, but like and it's almost like a lazier version of it, but it's always funny. It always makes me laugh. I love the way they put words together in the lyrics and even though this new song which is called Dare With Me it's like it's not my favorite Sundress song but I cannot help but enjoy how they just phrase everything and that's not phrasing that's like literally how they phrase stuff <laughs> not archer phrasing actual phrasing and it's Sundress box. Hard Rock Lunch Box I was not always a fan of Royal Blood when they first came out. I thought there was something interesting, but I definitely did not think they were worth the hype. That is still true. I don't think they are worth the hype, but man, they really do keep putting out good music, good and different music, which I really dig. And I think they can only kind of do because there's just the two of them. And very much the way that um, 21 Pilots does it, uh, I think it's something magical in the way that two people can work together to create something great. It's called Mountains at Midnight, and I dig it. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now, I read Loudwire a lot. I read it because it's basically like news blurbs and bursts of information, kind of like I get from Vice and Box, but that's actual news. And Loudwire is just all music-related. And some of it is important, and some of it's interesting, and some of it is just pure, stupid fluff. But sometimes I enjoy pure, stupid fluff. Like this one, because uh, this is actually, they just put out a new article. This is at Loudwire. You can check it out. Study shows which five rock and metal bands are most likely to make fans feel sad. Now, everything about this sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, but basically, they just piggybacked off a study by, uh, by Preply that put the, the, ten, the ten artists that made people feel the saddest and the you know loudwire just basically uh pimped off of that and noted that five of those artists are indeed the saddest if you want to check that out go to loudwire.com and find it you can you can read the methodology and uh, all this stuff but what they found was the uh here it is uh artists most likely to make fans feel sadness 
based on uh, their their approach. A total of five rock and metal artists are actually field, featured in this category, but I'm going to read you the full ten, all right? Uh, and, and it's so funny, like, as I was reading this, I was like, yeah, I can see that. Except for, number one was Panic at the Disco, which I don't feel is deserves the number one of anything. But number two is Linkin Park, and I gotta say, man, I'm kind of on board with that. Metallica and Nirvana tie for, uh, for third place. Britney Spears coming in at five. I would have thought Taylor would have been a little bit higher, but Britney Spears coming in five. Halsey at six. Now, Halsey can depress me, like, right out of an airplane sometimes. So, like, I can totally see that. Madonna, surprisingly, was at number seven. Lil Nas and SZA was, um, they, oh, they tied for eighth. And then, who is this? This is, I can't even read this. But it's My Chemical Romance, somebody else, and John Mayer coming in at number 10. You'd think the dude that put out Sob Rock would come in a little bit higher, but no, I guess not. You know, uh, uh, surprisingly missing from that list is The Used. I thought The Used would have come in a little bit higher, but I guess not. But they do have new music, which means I have new music from The Used. Hard Rock Lunch Box can't believe that doesn't make more people feel sad. <laughs> it's so happy. <laughs> Don't worry, it's time for your weekly craving of the week. And if I can make people people feel sad, goddammit, I'm going to do that. I've got the perfect song. It's your weekly craving of the week with Craving Sad Strange.
Thank you all for spending some of your Thursday with me and everybody here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Uh, totally appreciate the respite and just break and just the ability to just play some music and some laugh uh, and laugh at some stupidity and some nonsense. I super appreciate it. I'm glad uh, that a lot of you do too. It's great to have you uh, as part of this whole thing that we do here. And like I said, it just wouldn't be the same without all of you. So thank you for that. That all being said, I'm going to close out today with a song that nobody wants to hear but me. But it's just been that kind of a day, so I want to hear it. I need to hear it. Have yourselves a good week. Feel free to tune out now, and I'll see you next week as we do our prep for the Big Beery Show next Friday. Hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we'll see you right here next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.